The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 192nd episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend back from Austin, Texas, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? Dude, I was in the place that was named after you. And I had that's a great, how time works. Yeah, yeah, uh, had a great time, uh, um, dude. So uh, this was especially special for me because the two people I took to the show with me, one is the person that I often in reference on the show. His name's Jason. He's the casual casual fans. He probably only watches wrestling because I'm in his life, but we have known each other since we were 12 years old. He's been pretty much my best friend, brother, whatever. He, Whatever, you know, different simile that you want to use or metaphor to describe our relationships, he's pretty much the closest person to me on earth. Other friend is Jeff. Now, Jeff, we, uh, me and Jason met in seventh seventh grade. We met Jeff in ninth grade. We were all diehard sports fans and we gave each other shit every day. Jeff, this is, this is how you know when you're meant to be friends, right? I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Jason is an Oakland Raiders fan. And Jeff Snell, Jeff Harris, was a San Diego Charger fan. <laughs> oh, God, that's just... Oof. It's perfect, man. And we gave each other shit the whole time we're in high school. Like, like seriously, like when our teams would lose, we would literally hide and avoid the other person all day because... Uh, Jeff has this like amazing laugh, but and it's so loud that everybody is gonna laugh no matter where they, whether they know what's funny or not. It's just that kind of laugh, and he'll point at you and laugh, and it's like you know in high school it's the most embarrassing thing ever. That's uh, and then Jason. So we would all just like avoid each other like the plague after our teams lost. And it, and it's honestly, it was like one of those moments when I was in high school. I was, it was very embarrassing and stuff. But dude, I'd give anything to go back to a Sunday, like a Monday after one of our teams had lost or something. It was just so fun, and it just 
gave you something to look forward to or not look forward to every week. So I have known Jason 30 years uh, this year. I've known Jeff 20. We have collectively known each other 28 years. We are all still friends. This is our first wrestling show we've been to together since the Raw after WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. So uh, this is this was Jason's first AEW show. I think Jeff's third AEW show. So it it was great. Um, had a good time. It was just like being in high school again in good ways and in bad ways because you know. Our humor went back to being that of a 12-year-old for most of the <laughs> night. And it was just like, or, you know, and it was just like, and we, you know, talk about old times. and It was fun. It was a great time. I thought the show was really good uh, for what it was, but it was like the, well, we'll talk about that. But it was just the, that moment of co- connectivity because uh, Jeff lives down there. He lives in Austin. You know, Jason uh, he lives across town, but he has like 112 kids, so he's always busy. And then you know, there's me who works an insane amount of hours. So the it, to get it, the stars aligned where all three of us could be in the same place on the same day at the same time and actually go to an event. This doesn't happen often, so that's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, uh, we're gonna get into all of the amazing and fun stuff that floyd got to see uh at that dynamite um and the big announcements too which will be huge we got a lot to talk about already in our news of the week before though we get into everything in the show first off we got to make sure you guys continue to download this fine show on google or apple Podcasts. and if you listen to us on spotify wherever you choose to listen to us please give us a share with your friends family coworkers, whoever you wish and also be sure to follow and subscribe and hit the bell for notifications so you don't miss an episode and you'll always be notified whenever we drop an episode. We know we can sometimes be inconsistent, but we do our best. Uh, And also, be sure to leave a rating and a review. It also helps out the show tremendously, and you can also follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible, and please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week, the stuff that we were talking about back at last week's episode in Detroit of Dynamite, uh, was how Tony had a big announcement that was going to be on this week's episode. And we were all pretty certain that it was going to be AEW Collision. And that is exactly what was announced, AEW Collision. And it is full-on WCW Monday Nitro-style graphics, honestly, just seeing the TNT logo and those classic like red and red and gold like colors and all that kind of stuff and just that it's just it's it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit just seeing those old school graphics um, and it had a kick ass poster too um, that was uh, emitting uh, one person who was basically everyone was saying this whole show was basically made for this person but uh, but first off. Uh, they did go through and announce a whole bunch of weeks of uh, of uh, Collision and where it's going to be taking place. A lot of shows taking place in Canada as well. Um, the first episode of Collision, however, was uh, June 17th, I believe was when they said it, right? June 17th? Yes. And it was not given a location as to where that first episode would be. United Center. <clears throat> Sorry. I got something stuck in my throat. Sorry about that. 
Um, but yeah, so that was a huge announcement. Basically, uh, AEW, uh, Warner, uh, uh, Discovery Warner basically saying that uh, they were doubling down on the AEW content uh, because of how well it's been doing, which makes sense, honestly. They've seemed to have been doing well with how well AEW has been producing for them, and it's been a strong... Uh, it's been a strong alternative to WWE and they've done a good job of really putting their foot in that kind of uh, world. Um, but uh, Floyd, uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on about Collision and what happened to the person who was supposed to be also on that poster. Do you want to go ahead and, because I know you got all the Fightful stuff. I don't have any of that shit, honestly. So you're going to have to go ahead and get, run through everything. And then I can I can deal with the Instagram shit because I trust me, I saw all that shit. Well, I want to first say rumors in any window. Rumors in any window. Uh, you you are hearing this from what would be best considered a third-hand source. Me reading stuff and then telling you what it said. So if I get stuff wrong, I apologize in the first place. I just want to make sure that it's clear because I am not I am not reporting any of this. This is me telling you what someone else reported. <laughs> All right. So of course. The announcement was made, and it's a huge announcement. Uh, getting a second primetime show on uh, Warner Broadcast Network is actually a huge announcement. But unfortunately, uh, we were told, you know, we were led to believe that a huge TV deal would be being announced. And we led to believe that CM Punk would be being announced. So that was the three things that were supposed to be announced, in essence. We got one of the things, so the announcement comes off as underwhelming. Well, what we found out with Punk is that the delay might have been tied to A-Steel. And I say might have been tied to A-Steel because, you know, you know, it's, you know, like I said, rumors in innuendo uh, that he is an employee of uh, AEW. He is like the coach-producer role, helping with storylines or whatever. And he has been teleworking. And I guess when Collision was starting, uh, he was supposed to basically come back on the road, work on uh, CM Punk's, uh, CM Punk's uh, storylines and stuff like that. So apparently the graphics with CM Punk, everything around CM Punk on the show was sitting there ready. It was ready to go. And then this thing happened with A Steel where apparently even after the show starts, they kind of still want him to telework because his presence may upset some of the other uh, wrestlers. And that, I mean, again, this is how I understand it. I don't know, understand, 100% know if it's true, but so they want him to telework. I guess that's what wasn't agreed to with CM Punk. And instead of there being any type of, you know, misinformation or, you know, announcing something that doesn't happen, uh, the decision was made by Warner, if I understand, to just scrub CM Punk from the announcements, from the posters and all that stuff. So we got what we got there. The TV deal uh, that we've heard about, this is the second part of this, uh, haven't really got a lot of information on that as far as why it wasn't announced, if it was ever going to be announced. Was this a huge rumor? I said last week, and I stick by this, I think if there was no smoke to this fire, 
If there was literally, if this was completely made up, in my mind, the smart business thing to do would be to come out and say there is no truth to what to this discussion, because as long as it continued to build in people's mind, when you made the whole real announcement, and if it wasn't that number or whatever, that was just going to lead to people thinking your product is not successful. So I still believe personally that there, if the deal is not agreed upon already, they're in negotiations for it. But yeah, so that's it. I mean, a steal seems to be the hung up, hang up of CM Punk being announced and maybe even the location being announced. Uh, so as our resident expert on Mr. Phil Brooks, Mr. CM Punk, <laughs> our uh, straight edge savior, I would like your thoughts. This is what, honest to God, like <clears throat> the first thing that I saw, like thought when I heard about this whole thing was the fact that the holdup was basically trying to get a steal back and backstage didn't want it. And that's what led to the impasse. I'm going to say this right now. And uh, I mean this with all sincerity. If I don't get my CM Punk return because of Ace fucking Steel, then, like, at this point, man, it's just, like, shut the whole thing down. Like, seriously. I am not about to watch, like, all of this fucking shit in, like, nine plus months of just waiting and drama and bullshit and all of it come undone because we're letting the biting man back on TV or we're letting him back backstage. Me personally, like I said, we've all we've already said that this is rumors and speculation that's been reported on, and not none of it is confirmed or anything like that. But the the A Steel stuff to me, I smell bullshit immediately. Like there is absolutely no way that that is what is causing the holdup. There is no way. Like it just doesn't. It straight up doesn't make sense to me. If it is, like again. Throw egg on my face. I'm a fanboy. Whatever the hell you want to say, but like, that just seems fucking insane. Like, even even Punk would look at that and be like, "Well, I mean, you did bite a guy, so like, you know, at that point, you know, you can work from home. Honestly, it's probably best for all parties involved." In fact, and the other thing too is that it's quite crazy how it's like you know everybody's back. You know, like. And nobody's been fired. Everyone still has a job. There was a good chance that multiple people could have been fired from this whole thing. But everybody is seemingly back. So in a slight sense, y'all are getting a second chance. So I would take that and run with it, honestly. And like kind of try to make peace a little bit. But anyway, that's just me. But um, in regards of him not being on the promotional material, because that's the big thing right now, is that if they do announce United Center, which it's going to be United Center for the first episode, um, you kind of have to pretty much say, hey, Punk's going to be there if you want that place to sell out. Because otherwise, you're not going to sell out United Center just on a brand new show. Because listen, you sold out Rampage, a brand new show, and it was because everyone was pretty much like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, it's Punk, even though you didn't straight up say it. For this, you kind of have to say it a little bit more, or at least do that times times five if you want to make sure you get people to get your tickets. Um, I got tickets to the Wintrust show straight up because I thought that was the one. 
doesn't seem like that's going to be be the case. And then again, this also leads to the fact that there's still the rumors of a brand split, like a pretty hard brand split, maybe a couple people who can go back and forth between shows, but a pretty hard brand split. And the idea is that people who are cool with punk, all of you will be on collision. People who aren't, you can stay on dynamite. Again, that's rumors and speculation as well. And I also smell that to be bullshit because that right there is just setting up for a bad future. If that is genuinely what you're trying to make your product to look like, where it's like you have two shows that are drastically different because you have the punk show and the elite show. And we've already seen the tribalism of like people taking sides inside of the fan base. I don't like that because I like everybody involved. I like CM Punk. I like the elite. I like FTR. I don't like Ace Steel. That's just the one thing. So, like, we'll just push that to the side. But I like everybody involved. And I would like it if they could all stay on television because I think they're all amazing wrestlers and I like seeing them on my television. Um, but that's in regards to the rumors. Now, I have to bring in, though, the the shit that happened on, on Instagram because more, 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 more shit has happened. Uh, and it involves CM Punk uh, going after the Wrestling Observer uh yet again and so the first thing he posted on instagram was uh look everyone brian alvarez doesn't like it when misinformed internet trolls make up rumors about him so please stop making up rumors and stories for clicks while brian makes up rumors and stories for clicks okay he's married for god's sakes by god that man has a family in parentheses brian alvarez shut the fuck up and stop talking about me challenge day one that was the first thing that he posted on instagram and then he said uh, friendly reminder, I haven't been on TV for nine months and y'all just still can't stop talking about me. Maybe stop. You'll feel better. Love, hate, it's all the same. I don't enjoy being the sole person that props up entire misinformed clickbait industries based on toxic gossip from lying sources. But what can you do? When you're the king, it comes with the crown. He also shared an email that was shared with him uh, that was from Brian Alvarez, basically about David Bixpan uh, saying that uh, – he hates CM Punk, which he said it is not true. And he said, Bix still believes I hold a grudge over CM Punk because he was dating Maria for fucking some reason. I don't even want to get into that. That's just fucking nutty and weird. Um, there is also a point where he uh, uh, tweeted about, I uh, put on Instagram about uh, uh, tying da- uh, uh, Danhausen into this as well. He also put on uh, the wanted to comment on the parasocial relationship some fans happen to have with wrestlers, which I have also said how you don't know these wrestlers. So taking sides in this whole feud is stupid. Like I said, and then again, he's also tied that in again with like Larry's been hired. He's like, he just kept going on and on and on again. It's basically what I'm about to say, but so there's that. Oh yeah. And then also did a fake quote. Fuck Danhausen for refusing to put over Billy Gunn at a pay-per-view. Quote, Wrestling Observer Network. Just made me laugh so hard seeing that one, I will say. So it's continued now. We have Collision announced. We don't have United Center announced. We don't have CM Punk returned announced. And we are hoping to get to that point for next week. But we don't know at this point. The craziness will continue from this point onward. And the last thing I'll say on the matter is, again... I agree on the matter. Like I've said over and over again, because so many people like don't like CM Punk and I've never once been like 
like I'm like I've never once tried to disagree with that. Like you you have the right to not like CM Punk. But if you don't want him to come back and you don't want this whole like thing, like everybody can't stop talking about him. People can't stop reporting on him. People can't stop doing all these rumors and reports of when he's coming back and the things he's saying and what's holding everything up. Like it's the thing that's driving driving wrestling news media right now. That man is like the sole reason that all those guys are getting clicks at this point in time. It's a it's AEW hate stories and CM Punk stories. That's it right now, honestly. So, again, tell me this guy's not a Neil mover. That's all I'm saying. But it's a mess. I don't, again, wrapping everything up, I think the reports that a steal is what's holding this up, I think that's bullshit. I think those are, like I said, it's rumors and speculation. I think it's bullshit. The brand split and how it's CM Punk guys versus the AEW guys on each show is bullshit, I think. And... I just want him to show up so we can just get to the TV and we can start doing storylines out of this stuff. Because, again, you do the Elite versus FTR and CM Punk in London, you're going to make a lot of money. That's all I'm going to say. But, again, this is what happens when you can't keep this guy's name out of your mouth. He swings back and people get mad about it. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that's the, I mean, that's the biggest thing we're running into is that people get really really mad when you know this man pretty much defends himself so he stayed quiet pretty much the entire time only times that he's ever gotten loud about it is when Meltzer posts stuff on his um, on his message boards about him which he believes is false and then this stuff and when more stories come out about collision what's going on and then all this kind of stuff dude people keep doing stories on what this man's doing he stayed quiet pretty much until people want to write stories with little to no evidence other than just my one source. Yes, my uh, my my thoughts on this situation is uh I'm I'm ready to get past the stuff and get to Same. making good wrestling shows again and I'm ready for Punk to be back and to put on wrestling shows. If I never get the Elite versus CMFTR, I will be disappointed personally, but Life will, uh, life will move on. You know what I mean. So mm-hmm. that's how I see it. Um, I just want to get Punk back on TV. I don't think, you know, the split roster thing. I I think it limits you as far as your TV. So I think maybe you have a split roster. Maybe you're booking certain wrestlers from one show or another. I don't think there's a reason to do a draft. I don't think there's a reason to announce it. You just try to put on your best show every week. Maybe one show features other people and one show features this person. But I don't think there's a reason to announce it and again put yourself in that box. You know what I mean? Well, and also, too, to, to, to wrap things up, at least on the uh, brand split, like we're seeing the problems that that WWE is having with their brand split. Like the shit's just inconsistent and it's all hell. It's like when it's, they did the draft, like there's no consistency on it. It's like the way that people – some people can jump back and forth, but some people can't. And then we'll draft the SmackDown Women's Champion to Raw and then the Raw, Raw Women's Champion to SmackDown and then just completely make all that shit crazy confusing. So, a brand split is not going to make sense unless you do it in a simple way where it's just like you want to make your get more of your talent on TV and give them yes. adequate storylines that people are going to care about. That's all the brand split should be. Yeah. WWE makes it complicated. Don't go down that road. Yeah, and that's what I'm like. I don't I don't see there's a, I don't ever see there's a reason to put yourself in a box 
And then you you put you make the box and then say, I can't get out of it. So don't even put yourself in a box. I felt that way with the rankings. I love rankings, but I thought you should either stick with them or get rid of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was no reason to have them if you weren't going to stick to them. There was no right. reason FTR should be uh, ranked number one tag team for like 15 weeks in a row. That makes no yes. sense. You know, it's like they should have gotten a title shot at that point. So don't put yourself in boxes and then, you know, like get frustrated when people actually expect you to stick to the what you told them. So I was like, don't yeah. do any draft. Don't announce splits. Feature your people on it. Let's say you want one person that you've been featuring on Collision to be on Dynamite or Dynamite on Collision. Just do it. Just do what's best to, for the show every week. And that way, if with it and when and if you get hit with an injury bug, there's no like, oh my God, Miro's a collision guy what's he doing on dynamite you don't know we don't need that that's just stupid it's just giving people another thing to bitch about but um the punk thing i mean i'm a punk fan i want punk to come back a still to me i don't see how you have everybody like the bucks kenny all that stuff i don't know what happened right i don't know what happened i know I assume that there was an altercation at some point, as been reported, right? Mm-hmm. All that side seems to be hired and back working. Why would they still be the only one that gets fired? Get you? You see what I'm saying there? I and right. this is not knowing anything. Why would he be the only person in here that gets fired? So you bring everybody back, whatever. I I, I don't know. There's people I don't like that I work with, and. You know, I still have to work with them. Same. You know, you have him. He's in the building. I mean, he's only, for from what I understand, would be working with punk stuff. I don't understand how having someone in a building could, you know, give somebody so much problem. Again, all of this sounds rumor innuendo. All of it is, to me, sounds a lot petty and childish to me. Like, that kind of shit. It's like, dude, we're all grown. Go to work. Do your job. You know, that kind of thing. But it's wrestling. So that's what I chop it up to a lot of times is, is it wrestling. And then, um, yeah. And then, yeah, the parasocial uh, things that people have with wrestlers. I will always say this. Anybody has ever talked to me. I've been I've met and went to FTR stuff a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. They have been nice enough to share a drink with me on my birthday. They have been nice enough to, to sing me happy birthday, right? They, I have supported them as as a fan, right? Mm-hmm. But that's all I am. Do they treat me nice? Yes. Do they say hi to me and give me hugs? Yes. But we're not friends. They are two grown-ass men that have been on this earth for 40-something years with people I have never met or known and like we're we're not going out and drinking coffee or whatever. They're just my favorite wrestlers, mm-hmm. and I happen to like them from what I know about them as people. What they have allowed me to know, I like them as people. But yeah. we're not watching. We're not watching the game together. We're not going out to breakfast or anything like that. No, I see them when I pay to see them, when I at paid events. I've literally never like really met FTR outside of a paid event, and because I'm a fan, that's what I am. I am a fan. 
Yes. And, and I try to make that clear. How are you like, anytime someone says, oh, those are your boys, I'm like, and that they're my favorite wrestlers, yes. They, they don't tell me anything because I don't ask. They're only, you know why I don't ask? Because it's a TV show that I watch and I don't want anyone to tell me anything that happened. Not saying that they would answer. They wouldn't. Because that's not our relationship. Right. I'm using this as an example because I wish more people would have this perspective. It's the same relationship <laughs> that I have with Punk, dude. I've met him three times. Mm. I don't know him. Yeah, I don't know him. I don't know. I don't I don't know Cash's favorite cereal. <laughs> I don't know. I don't the know. only thing I know is what he's told yes, people in yes. public forums, like yes. his story, like what he's told about his life, his career, how he got into the business, all that kind of stuff. Blah de blah blah stuff that's available for public consumption. Exactly. Did I pick up on that they weren't leaving for uh, WWE fairly quickly. Yes, but it had nothing to do with what they told me. It had everything to do with him doing a podcast and just reading context clues. Yes, uh, that's it. I mean, yes, that's that's what it was. And I, so like, again, like mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's just what I've said from the moment I. This was the very first thing I said after All Out. I think you'll remember this. I said, we do not have to take sides in this. We yes. do not know these people. Dude, and it's I- the same thing. That's what people have taken and ran with this shit. And now you have Punk literally saying on Instagram, you don't know me, you don't know them, so go touch grass. Yeah, so, yeah. And I don't, yeah, and that's the whole thing. And it's just like, AEW is the company I prefer right now. But, you know, sometimes WWE does good stuff. And I say this all, I said this in one of my most popular tweets ever. It's okay to like the Young Bucks and it's okay to like the Elite and CMFTR. You know what I mean? It's There's yes. no reason to pick a side. You know why there's no reason to pick a side? Because we are inter- they are entertainers entertaining us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, there's no side. I don't know the interpersonal relationship between the Young Bucks and FTR. I don't know the inter... it doesn't inter- affect us. Yes, it doesn't affect the product at all. And if you're a person... Because I actually had a friend that was getting upset about everything that's going on, right? Detach yourself. There are people that watch AEW. I'm just going to throw you off. That watch AEW every week and never get on the internet or talk about it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, if if you feel like, oh, I'm just so tired of the drama and it's affecting your enjoyment of the product... Just go unfollow a bunch of wrestlers. I, I mean, or just I, get off Twitter. Get off Twitter. I see. I, I won't say that because the reason I won't say that is because when something becomes part of your everyday, it's hard to. But there are different options on Twitter to make it where you don't see that stuff. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm saying. Use, but whatever. All I'm saying is the whole I'm on this side and all that stuff. I like it. As in, it's fun for me. I was just yes. telling you about me, Jason, and Jeff, Raider fan, Charger fan, and Chiefs fan, and we would give each other shit. But in the end of the day, if anybody messed with any of the other of us and they were serious, they were going to catch hands from the other two. Because it was fun for us to give each other shit. It's fun for me. I mean, sometimes me and Rich give each other shit, you know? It's fun. We're not serious. We're not going to ever actually get like angry over this because it was fun. And what I've lost on Twitter is it stopped being fun. People are t- 
doing personal attacks at each other. Like, but it's not that serious. And I'm never going to tell anybody to touch their ass. I'm actually allergic to grass. So I will never tell anybody to touch their ass. But I, I would say this. If, if the thing that you love makes you actually angry, you might want to find something else to love. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Wrestling makes me happy. And for the most part, again, it does, can make me angry. It can make me sad. It can. The reason I love it is because it reaches all the emotions. I have never, I have literally watched my team win and lose in the Super Bowl and get destroyed. And I, I can still say to this day, I have never been more heartbroken. I mean, I've had girls reject me that I was really into, but I have never been more heartbroken than I was the day two of WrestleMania this year. Yeah. Ever. And I love it, and I crave it, and I want it back. Because that's what wrestling does to me. So I just, I, I, I know this was a bit of a tangent, because, but it's just like all I do is get online, and I do read it, and I still, and it doesn't make me angry. Like, it, it, a lot of it rings as no big deal, but I hate that it makes my friends so angry. Sure. I mean, dude, and, it just, it, honestly, at this point, like I said, it's just tiring to me. And mostly just because I know everybody comes to me with shit because I am the resident, like, I love CM Punk guy. It's like, yeah. So and, everyone immediately comes to me with this shit. And then again, it's always like the thing that I love is just like, how can you still be a fan of this guy? It's like, because I don't know him personally and I like his wrestling. Yeah. I, you know what? It's, it really is that simple. Like, I, is he a dick? Sure. But, like, there's plenty of dicks in public form, in public media, that people adore. You want you want an example? Look at the Paul brothers. Logan Paul right now is having a fucking, like, like absolute seance with the way that he is getting adored, adored by wrestling fans. That dude's still a prick. Dude. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. This is a man who filmed the dead body in a Japanese suicide forest. He did that. Put it in the thumbnail. There's a lot of kids that watch his videos on YouTube. Put it in the thumbnail. It's a thing that he did. Nobody cares anymore because he's cool at the wrestling. It's like, dude. Yeah. So I. So I'm a. And I'm a fan of a guy who speaks his mind and talks shit and like doesn't care about what people think about him. And if people want to say some dumb shit, he's gonna clap back at. You. He okay. said, he said, love, hate, it's all the same thing. It's the same. It's the same. Because, like, again, that's how much he doesn't care. Go, <laughs> don't want, people who want him to go away are giving him fuel to be able to come back because you are just making the return that much bigger when he does. Because you'll be there. You will be there. It's that simple. But we we got to get off of this. Yes. We always take too much time talking about this, and I try my best to limit it, even though I am a punk fan. But, like, we got to get – because you, you're good, my good friend, you were at Dynamite at Austin. So, again, we were crazy excited f- for Collision. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, with the poster involved already, seeing Euro and Andrade and House of Black and MJF and, uh, like, OC. Like, that's a stacked poster of just people that they have confirmed will be on Collision. So we already got to confirm that, like – Show's gonna be filled with a lot of great talent, so I'm excited about that. Regardless, um, if and when punk ha- punk happens, I'll be right there cheering for it when it does. But we'll move over to AEW Dynamite taking place from Austin, Texas. Our boy Floyd was there Dude. last week. I was in Detroit for it. He was in Austin, Texas. So my man, like, just like immediately immediate thoughts from being at the show. Dude, so 
we're on central time, right? So we get in, the doors open at five, and I can honestly say, usually, I mean, there's a lot of chanting and there's a buzz, but what I forget is that doors open at five, and a lot of people don't get off till five, right? So I get in there, and I'm about 15, 20 minutes in. I'm like, good Lord, this is kind of dead. It's not picking up. I actually called JR, and I was like, yeah. And then, so it gets closer to six. And then by 6.30, it's like, Oh, and then definitely by seven, it's it's full, it's exciting. We got our woo chance, we got our what chance, we got all that stuff going, and you know every row is full, and this is a great thing. I done messaged Grillo, uh, and I was like, hey, how's it going? And I go down and I see all the people taking pictures with security. Man, security is famous in AEW. Like it is. I see so many people getting pictures with security. I Dude, I was that. so bummed when Sam wasn't at Detroit. I literally messaged him before the show, like, "Hey, where you at? Make sure we'll we'll come and try to find you." Um, he never got back to me until after Dynamite was over. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, man, I wasn't there." Yeah, because I was just like, "Oh, the Ohioan yeah. can't make more than one Michigan AEW Dynamite." What a fucking coincidence! But so, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see him in in Vegas. So I'm we're yeah. making sure that happens. Yeah, but you know, Sam has a shoot job. So. Oh, I know. Hey. I'm aware. I'm yeah, aware. But we're uh, gonna still try to make that so, happen. You no. Know, so we're gonna definitely we get to see it, and it, and that's what it is for me and everything. It's like it's seeing a bunch of old friends because you know you see the people with security, uh, the people uh, doing the organizing, uh, shonding with the extras. You see the people, the same people you see at every show, and it's just it's comforting feeling to be at AEW shows and it was like cool to have my friend there to see a little bit of my world uh and yeah it was a great time uh we got some cool people sitting next to us no obnoxious people no real smokers no chant starters which again I love a good chant starter don't get me wrong I'd prefer a chant starter not be in our section yeah I prefer the chant starter to be in the next session or whatever because you know what most of the time, if they're a chant starter, they'll try to start like 50 or 60 chants and like four will hit. <laughs> so you got to have persistence to be a chant starter, right? You got to be like, Woo, what? So my friend Jason was sitting next to me. And Jason, again, smart ass attitude. We're basically 12 <laughs> years old when we're around each other. He kept trying to start seeing punk chants and he kept getting booed and it was hilarious. So like he would just pick these like strange times and he'll start saying CM Punk and he's like now is that when I do it I was like no 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 that's not when you do it you don't ever do it and I was like I don't think he's gonna be here tonight so we uh, no it was just a really good time good lively Austin is a good crowd it Austin, is yeah Austin is a good crowd uh, I mean the last time they were in Austin was in December and I think this is gonna be one of their truly uh, you know consistent rotation places as they get through the year because they always bring it they always bring the energy and and like i can honestly say i've had some people tell me that it was kind of a mid show you would never know by the crowd reactions yeah yeah so yeah good time. all right well the show opened up with uh the tnt champion wardlow showing up uh responding to christian cage's uh call out in detroit which i barely heard because that crowd was booing the shit out of him so loud that i had to watch it back the next night just to make sure i caught all of it so wardlow <clears throat> said last week christian made a lot of promises i want to see him follow through with it the one thing that he said was he was going to spit in my face so christian 
bring your ass out there and that too skinny jacket of yours and spit in my face. That could be taken multiple ways, Wardlow, but we'll see what he decides to do. Him and Christian, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus come down. They start just going back and forth, talking and talking. Eventually, though, Christian goes for the loogie. Christian gets caught in the throat by Wardlow. Luchasaurus then gets involved, and they start trading shots up until the point where Christian Cage gets the low blow, and then they just start beating the hell out of him. Luchasaurus grabs a ladder, gets it in the ring, and Christian just nails Wardlow in the head with it, then chokeslam onto the ladder, and it just got fucking bent in half, and then kill switch, and that's how Wardlow got driven into that. And we can already say that it was led into what Wardlow said. It's like, you know what? I'll play your game. You and me, TNT Championship at Double or Nothing in a ladder match. Yes. First of all, Christian's in la- Christian in ladders. It's like shoots and ladders. They just go hand in hand pretty much. So I'm all for that. And also, I want to see Wardlow do some crazy shit off a ladder, honestly. Because this dude can do shit like that. And I would love to see that. Um, and honestly, it just gives a little bit more fuel to a TNT championship bet. Gimmicks. We always love it when gimmicks get thrown into something that, like, you know, has heat but could use a little bit more. So you give a ladder all of a sudden in there. Makes it even more exciting, honestly. That's why they're called gimmicks. So I'm I'm hyped for this, honestly. I think this will be dope. Dude, I think it's going to be pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, I am this. I'm gonna say I'm gonna be outwardly rooting for Christian to win because <laughs> I mean, so dude, I just enjoy, I enjoy I, his yeah. dickness. I do. I enjoy him being like I would boo if he ever tried to turn face right now because I That's think he's thing, just yeah. he's it's, in it's, such it's, a rarefied era of being so good at being bad, and it gives and it gives the TNT Championship a shot of like just adrenaline. I feel yeah. Like. Like, I like Wardlow, I do. And the way that he worked himself to win the, the TNT Championship the first time uh, was genuine. I did like it. But, like, it's just been bland, honestly. Like I said, it hasn't been as strong as since Miro held it. And there's a reason for that. Miro did a damn good job of injected some injecting some adrenaline into that title. And Christian has an opportunity to do the exact same thing. So then when a guy like Wardlow tries to go for the title, it'll mean something. That's It, it does... I think I think it will help the TNT Championship tremendously if he wins it. So I'm I'm hoping for it honestly, dude. Dude, uh, I will say this, and I will say this about this whole episode and as a whole, they did a good job of making matches that had a clear winner a little less clear. Like yes. if you told me it was going to be Wardlow and Christian in a regular wrestling match at double or nothing, I'm like, okay, so Wardlow's winning, no big deal. Right, you can't you can't convince me Christian's gonna win. You make it a ladder match, you have just now put uncertainty in my mind, and that's good because that's what you yeah. want. You want to be uncertain. You want, and I just thought, yeah, I thought they added a lot to this feud, and it's which is not even a feud yet because they really haven't wrestled. So it's they've added a lot to this uh, to the build to this match, and I'm looking forward to that. As am I. As am I. We move on then to the international champion, uh, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, teaming up with Darby Allen to face Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. Um, honestly, dude, I like the tag team of Darby Allen and OC for sure, for like a one night thing. They were awesome. You got the two like small guys against some against uh, a giant big band like Big Big Bill and then Lee Moriarty. Um, 
they did some damn good stuff in this match, honestly. Like, just seeing Big Bill just whip Darby around. Like, again, it's fucking nutty. The way this man just, like, like Darby will just get fucking belted across the ring. And he'll just keep coming back. It's always just, like, the thing that always works so well with him. Also, I love that he has the boss man slam, honestly. I, I'm all for Big Bill having that in his uh, repertoire of, of moves. I think that's really sick. Um, there was a moment where the stun dog millionaire was trying to hit by Orange Cassidy, and it kind of was like, eh, a little bit. Uh, but overall, Darby Allen got the code red and then hit a coffin drop and then uh, also beat Lee, Moriar- Lee Moriarty with a headlock takeover. Uh, sending a message to MJF. Um, and this was solid. They did a good job. Like I said, this ma- this night of Dynamite was filled with each member of uh, the Pillars getting their little momentum before going into Double or Nothing in, t- in, a, in a week and a half time. Uh, and yeah, honestly, it, I, this was a good start of it too. And I like seeing Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy wrestle together. I think it's honestly something I didn't know I needed. And I, I'm glad they gave it to me. Yeah, I, I really did uh, enjoy this match. Uh, it was one of those clear winner matches, but they did a good job of uh, it, they did a good job of building to uh, uh, building to uh, the finish. Um, Big Bill, whenever they decide to heat him up and build him towards someone's you know face run and or whatever, it's gonna he's a monster. I'm like in my head, like I have a tag team of Big Bill and. I have a, bad, a tag team of Big Bill and Lance Archer just running through the tag. Oh, team. that'd be fun, dude! That dude, because they're just so they're just they're just large humans and just come out and just like road warrior people and just beat people up. Uh, Lance Archer was in this group called the Killer Elite Squad with Davey Boy Smith Jr. and I just I really dug that group, but I just like I feel like they could amp that up. With uh, Lance Archer, Big Bill just go in and just destroy little people. And then you build up to a match, maybe with FTR or whoever you want to build up to. And, you know, maybe they overcome it. Maybe they don't. But I just think that's a tag team. That's just how I see it that you could do. I love Lee Moriarty. They haven't found his role in AEW yet. They just haven't. It's just Mm -hmm. he's a really good wrestler. I know he's a good wrestler. I know just we haven't found a role for him that he quite fits into but this match was great it got darby allen to where he needs to be going into it It kept him hot orange cassidy it played into the storyline that they're going with that he's getting beat up he's getting tired he's getting less effective so it's just the being the champion is wearing on orange cassidy i felt like all those scenarios played out in this match so well and told that story. So, you know, they told the story. They moved it going forward. Yeah. So we moved on then to uh, Alex Marvez trying to interview uh, Young Bucks about uh, what happened to Kenny Omega. Uh, and then they got jumped by the BCC backstage. Matt and Nick proceeded to try to throw their luggage at the BCC and try to, ju- like, specifically go after Yuta, which I thought was funny. But they proceeded to get jumped and like Claudia's literally throwing one of the bucks into a car um and they just beat him down so uh there is that and then we'll move over quickly too of uh Orange Cassidy was uh, backstage uh saying that uh you know what uh hey uh maybe you should ask if uh Kyle Fletcher uh wants a title match for the international title 
Uh, but then apparently said that uh, I'll mention this to you later in the night too. Renee was like, "Hey, so about twenty people went into Tony Khan's office wanting a shot at Orange Cassidy's title." And he's like, "Well, that's a lot. All right. Well, I'm going to be in the match too, so uh, that'll be twenty-one. So we'll call it a blackjack battle royal for the international title. We'll do that at double or nothing." Fucking yes. Um, I'm all for that. It's a nice little replacement for the uh, Casino Battle Royal, and it's actually got even more stakes to it because it's literally for the international title. So honestly, I'm all for that. I think it's going to make it incredibly excited. They've done so well with the international title with Orange Cassidy that honestly, like while it would be exciting to see a new champion, I like Orange Cassidy as international champion. I'd like it to stay that way, honestly. So, But I'm going to be excited to see who ends up going after that international title because they haven't said who has gone at, wanted after it. Uh, but I'm sure we'll see a lot of talent go after that belt. Yes, I am going with the outlandish, crazy bowl prediction. This is a bowl prediction. They have not even announced who's in the match. So that's how bold this prediction is. Will Ospreay, your new international champion. Yo. That would cause some heat. Again. They haven't even announced. They have not. He might not even be in it, and I might be wrong before the show even starts. But just you know, watching wrestling, I we last year we got Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay at Forbidden Door, and everybody loved that match. Uh, A lot of people said it was the best match on the card. I just think Will Ospreay. I mean, they've been building to Orange Cassidy getting more tired and more tired and more tired. I think yeah. the way to get the belt off of him is that it's his battle royal. He fights and fights. He's at the last person, and that last person just eliminates him. And Orange Cassidy never is actually pinned for the international title, you know, that kind of thing. And I just think right. this is, you know, this great face away for them to lose it, uh, leave it. And it looks like, you know, you know, Osprey might be working with AEW a little bit more. I think pull the trigger. I mean, Resurgence. New Japan Resurgence is in California on May 21st. You know, uh, that's on Sunday. You know, next Sunday, uh, or yeah, next Sunday is uh, Double or Nothing. So he's already in the United States. Will Ospreay, your new international champion. Uh, that is a that is a bold uh, bold say, I will say very bold, bold prediction. I don't even know if he's gonna be in a match. Exactly. Man, I, like that's how bold this prediction is. But guess what? If I'm right, how awesome is that? Like, and dude, then of course, I, like I, normal. If you're wrong, we never mention. Well, 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 oh yeah. Why would we bring? Why would we bring that up? That's just silly. That's yeah, just that's silly. Because we all know it's a bold prediction. It is based on nothing. No rumor. No innuendo. No anything. This is just like, dude, I think that would be cool. Saw so making a prediction. <laughs> so, all right. All right. We had a squash match. Uh, Sammy Guevara beating Exodus Prime pretty quickly uh, and then basically cutting his promo because um, he is from Texas. Am I not mistaken, right? I, uh, I'm not stupid, right? Sammy Guevara? Yes. Yes, he is from Texas. He is Beloved in Austin. Beloved. Yeah, I, know he wor- I knew he worked a ton in the indies in yes, Texas. I didn't. Yes. I couldn't remember specifically. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So beloved in Austin. So you know they gave him a yeah. squash match, and it was funny. So, and so a babyface promo. Yeah. So I, I get to tell my uh, 
uh, in the building, the guy that he fought cut uh, a promo on how Austin and Texas sucks and Dallas is better and he's from Oklahoma and blah, 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 right? Those are like <laughs> the five words I understood. I He was just cutting the promo and he was dying. He was not getting heat at all. You could barely understand what he was saying. It was just hilarious, but it was just like, hey, we gave you an open mic and a commercial. Just don't say anything like stupid. But dude, if that was like his uh if that was like his uh audition, oh god, that was not a good audition. It was like yeah. dude, it was like it's you know when somebody gets on karaoke and they think they can sing and everything is terrible. That's <laughs> what it was like. Like he thought he was giving some zingers and he he wasn't getting, you know, like you know, they talk about heat and go away heat. He was getting like, who the fuck are you, Heat? Why? We don't care enough Why about you. Why should we you. care about you? Yes. And you couldn't understand him. He like he needed to enunciate. And I, like I said, I don't really even understand his name. They probably put it up on the screen. I didn't even understand his name because he just didn't enunciate well. So it's like, I'm not burying the guy. I'm like, he's a young guy. He was working an extra role. He's going to have a chance to get a lot better in his life. But it was just, it was... It was dead. dead. Thank God it wasn't televised. Yes. Oh, my God. Thank God it wasn't televised. That's what you do. You get those times to work it out. And he knows what he was doing that day. I remember they were coming back from commercial, and they just like, he was in the middle of a sentence. They just said, you know, basically give me the mic. And it wasn't because he was bad. It was because, you know, it was time for the show to come back on. But it it it, it was rough. It was rough. It was rough. And then you had us three guys that have known each other forever. And we, we that's kind of what we do is make fun of people. So, yeah, we got a, we got a pretty good laugh out of that one. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Sammy cut a baby face promo basically being like, no, I'm not perfect. I know I've made mistakes. And I know I y'all have been there actually through my mistakes. But um, it takes some few wrong turns to get to the right place. And that right place is Las Vegas when I shut up all the naysayers. I listen to my heart, and my heart says at double or nothing, I will be the new AEW world champion. Um, and yeah, like Floyd said, um, everybody in the uh, pillars, uh, other than MJF, got a pretty good uh, like shining moment. And then the other guy honestly had to fight for his life, and we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just thought this was perfect. This is what you want to see. I, I was talking about it when people were talking about, I, I, you know, I say MJF's the only real pillar of this four. And that's like not saying Sammy. Sammy's probably my favorite wrestler of the four, right? Yeah. Uh, D- uh, Darby Allen is probably my favorite character of the four, right? Yes. And Jungle Boy, I don't care about. I, I want to. I want to like Jungle Boy. I really do. Like, I want to. You know, have you ever had a wrestler you want to like? You just don't care about them. Uh, Braun Breaker. Yeah, like I want to like Jungle Boy. I don't care about Jungle Boy. I I want to. I I'm not saying like I've done the meet and greets. He's always very nice. He's very quiet. You know, like kind of quiet. But when he when it comes to his performances, I generally he doesn't draw any emotion from me, right? So I'm looking at these four, and uh, yeah, uh, I felt like. Jungle Boy needed Sammy's win. He needs to, you know, he needed that win. But uh, watching this for, like I said, MJF's the only pillar. And they have done nothing. Nothing 
to convince me that there's any chance that he could lose this match. I will say, though, I, the one thing I will say, at least, and we'll get to the match uh, specifically, is that I will say, at least, um, in in what happened in uh, in Jungle Boy's match, he did at least make you remember that match, yeah. mostly because he nearly died, in yes. my personal opinion. But and, well, again, we'll get to it. Yes. But uh, then we had um, Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, and Jay Lethal heading to the ring, and they get on a microphone for like one second, and then all of a sudden, running from the back, is the AEW Tag Champions, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, FTR, and they just go and fucking push, push goddamn uh, Satnam Singh off into the goddamn void in, through through two tables. They just literally came and just fucking jumped him, pushed him through the table, and then just started going after Sanjay, Jeff, and uh, Jay Lethal. They started fighting all across the ring, and then all of a sudden, Karen Jarrett wants to get involved and distracts FTR, and that's when Satnam Singh comes back from being uh, thrown through the tables, shakes it off like he does, and choke slams Dax and Cash, and they start beating the crap out of them. And then they also hold up uh, the tag team championships. Um, they uh, didn't they get slammed through a ta- no actually no they each had guitars Jay and uh, Jeff Jarrett and they slammed them over the heads of FTR. And uh, yeah, I was just like, well, goddamn! First of all, that that clip of Dax and Cash just fucking jumping uh, Satin uh, Singh and just pushing him off the ledge, so funny. Oh, it was so funny. I just loved it. And, like, they just start talking for, like, two seconds, and then they're just like, whoop, and they just knock them off. Um, but, yeah, so I'm glad at least we got to see a guitar get slash, smashed over some people's hats. Didn't like it. It was FTR. That's not cool, honestly. But I like when guitars get used, at least in wrestling. Um, so, so, yeah. So, Austin might not be FTR City. Uh, five, six months ago? The last time I was in Austin, uh, they lost to the acclaimed for the tag team title. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, yeah. And then uh, this time in Austin, they got surprised by Karen Jarrett and they got guitars with their names with it, you know, you know, hit it over their heads or whatever. It was a rough day. Rough day for my boys. Um, the Sottenham Singh thing needs to be on the uh, intro to dynamite forever because that Please. was such a that was such a fucking cool moment uh it was so clean and so beautifully done it was like it was like you know it's like that that perfect strategy when the, uh when you see a action movie and you know the yeah. heroes have the perfect strategy like we have to take out the biggest threat first so they just push Sodom thing through a table take him out and they, you know and they had the better of it and they were setting up they uh they were setting up for uh the shatter machine my my move I actually got a good picture of them setting up for the shatter machine before it all went bad and Karen Jarrett showed up and all I could say is dude this again this is like for me it was exciting I, I was like not happy you know that it went down <laughs> but it's one of those things and I was talking about they do they did a good job the theme of the night was building doubt right. So uh-huh. you have Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. They already have Sunday Dutt. They already have one in a billion Sottenham Sink, right? Now yeah. you add an extra level. So now they're going into this match, right? Going in this tag team match at double or nothing. Basically five on two. And one person they can't hit. 
You know? Yep. If, you know, it's like, if you don't have doubt on who can win this match at this point, you know, you, you're just trying not to because it's it's five on two. FDR's defending the title. Jeff Jarrett, former world champion. Jay Lethal, former world champion. Uh, in ROH, uh, they, I mean, they've been in tag teams uh, matches. I mean, dude, it's everything's right there. You know what I mean? Everything's right there uh, for uh, FTR to lose. And, yeah, I just think, I thought they added some real intrigue, some real heat into this match with this segment. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree, and it was very entertaining. Uh, there was one slight thing, too, where MJF and, uh, I mean, uh, when Darby Allen and uh, Sammy Guevara basically said, like, look, we just want one per- one of us to take the belt off MJF at this point. He's like, I'm not going to lay down like everyone thinks I'm going to do. It's got to be one of us three. And they're all like, and Darby's just like, let's may the best man, may the best man win. Um, then we'll move off of that. We had Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, teaming up with Hikaru Shida with brand new theme music, no less. And also, she looks amazing, I have to say. Facing off against Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. And what we have been saying, they listened. When we talked about how Britt Baker won in her hometown over, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Ruby Soho, in fact. Um, and we were like, the outcasts have no heat. Like, why do people need to care about the outcasts? They don't win. They fucking won. Like through obviously shenanigans and all that kind of stuff, obviously, because what ends up happening is that Soraya ends up getting spray paid to Tony Storm while the referee is distracted and it gets sprayed in Britt Baker's eyes. And then Tony Storm gets the win, mainly pointing the fact that she's won four out of her last five matches. Uh, and yeah, the outcasts now are all of a sudden a bit of a threat. And I'm all for it, honestly. And Soraya, Ruby Soho, and Tony Storm are honestly really coming into form uh, with the Outcasts. I am starting to really get into it, honestly. And yeah, honestly, that's all you needed, too. And it was Britt Baker taking the pin, not Hikaru Shida. I honestly was surprised about that. If you were going to have one of them take the pin, I thought it would be Shida. I'm glad it wasn't personally because I like Shida a lot. But, I mean, it works because it gets heat and it leads into what they announced with uh, Double or Nothing, where Jamie Hayter will be defending her AEW Women's Championship against Tony Storm. So, yeah, that's a fucking match that people can care about all of a sudden. Because now, where are the outcasts going to be involved? Again, there's the doubt that we're, we've been talking about in this show. Like, like it's small, but it means so much, honestly. Because this match could just be fucking just throwaway. Absolute throwaway. And they are doing a good job of at least making you care and throw like legitimate doubt and have these got these girls look like threats, which for a good majority of time, they didn't look like threats, even though I love all three involved. I love Ruby. I love Tony. I love Soraya. Now they look like threats and it's legitimate. So and it's getting over, too. I remember I was in Detroit. People were begging, begging for uh, Soraya and uh, Ruby Soho to spray them with their spray paint. I saw a kid get sprayed with, like, he was, like, their, his shirt got sprayed. I saw signs get sprayed. Like, it's over. People are getting into it. So, yeah. I, I'm, I like, I can't say enough good things. They listened. Yeah. So, um, when you have bag off action, they need to win. Period. That's how you build doubt. That's how you build hate. They need to win. They need to win shitty ways. They did in this match. That was great. It was perfect. 
Loved it. Build up Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter, which is going to be a hot, amazing match. It's going to be one of the better women's matches you've seen in AEW. And, you know, uh, I know some of y'all might know this was supposed to be a six-man, six-woman match. Jamie's leg was hurt, so apparently they, they can't, couldn't do it. But they did a perfect job of pivoting uh, with Tony Storm getting the win. And now we got uh, Tony Storm versus Jamie at uh, Double or Nothing, which is going to be a good match. This is all yeah. good. And Tony Storm could very well win because right now the Outcast have the originals number. For sure. For sure. Um, then we move over to the Falls Count Anywhere match between the Ocho Chris Jericho and Roderick Strong with Adam Cole and the JAS banned from the building. Man, Roddy looked good. Roddy looked good in this match, I gotta say. Like, he was chopping the everlasting shit out of Jericho. Like, I already knew that, like, Roddy was a good striker, but Roderick was just freaking laying in shots to Jericho. And Jericho was laying back, laying some back as well. There was a knee that Jericho took in the face where literally it was just like, fucking hell. Um, these guys beat the hell out of each other all across the floor, up and uh, out, out to the outside. Uh, they're fought up through the steps. They tried to pin him like across. They tried to pin him on the steps actually at one point. Um, and dude, that crowd like following them through the concourse was rabid. Like I saw so many people like like trying to get by security and stuff like that. Like they were having a hell of a job like right there. Multiple people trying to get up, get their shit, get get their, like, two seconds of fame. Yes, uh, that was uh, funny. Some guy, like, flexed in the middle and then just got pushed out the way. It was yeah, hilarious. literally. Yeah, so yeah. good job. Uh, but, dude, like, it was just fucking so chaotic. Uh, There's a moment where fucking, uh, like, they body, they back, they backbreaker Jericho onto, like, a, like, like one of the uh, concession stands. And they took ice cream threw it in Jericho's face. They also had a point where they were like near the, like the stairwell and tried to like, I thought literally they were going to try to toss Jericho off the stairs. And I was just like, this man is too old to be doing shit like this. Do not even try to do that. Um, eventually they just keep fighting and fighting and fighting. Jericho gets a trash can, starts throwing it at Roderick and they start fighting again, all to the point where they go outside the arena. And it's exactly what Roderick wanted. He was like, Beat me up. Chase me. I'm going outside. And who is waiting for him? Adam Cole, who jumps Chris Jericho. I got to say, Jericho Appreciation Society, y'all are fucking stupid for not trying the same thing. Got to say, y'all are idiots. Because Adam Cole just got to beat the hell out of uh, Adam Cole. I mean, Adam Cole got to beat the hell out of Chris Jericho with no repercussions. Hit the boom knee, and then all of a sudden, Roderick Strong came over, pinned Jericho in like a little, like, dirt patch like like outside the arena and worked out perfectly for adam cole and js was nowhere to be found you didn't even have them come and try to chase him off like what kind of appreciation society are you running bro the fact that they didn't even bother to show up so dude so i love this because it went against type because i'm watching the match and i see them get up in the crowd and i was like oh jericho's gonna win because they're going to go outside and the JAS is going to be ra- waiting on them because I'm like literally calling this out. Like the JAS is going to be waiting on them because they're banned from in the building, but they're not banned from outside of the building. Right. Right. 
Oh my god, when he get out there and it's Adam Cole waiting, I'm like, oh my god, this is so fucking cool. Because, like, again, what I said is what I expected. Like, what I said, I feel is like what would have happened if it was on WWE. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But they went against type. Adam Cole's waiting out there. Adam Cole gets the best of Chris Jericho, you know, and, you know, Roderick Strong gets a win. Roddy Strong undefeated in AEW with the win over Chris Jericho. Roddy Strong's first win. For once, it's not stupid baby faces, it's stupid heels, which yeah. we can deal with. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of crazy. So, yeah, no, no, it was nutty as hell. So, yeah, yeah. This match, honestly, dude, for, for your debut match in AEW, dude, that's a hell of a debut for Roderick Strong. Yeah, and, and, yeah. It's kind of like, crazy that he got that, but I'm all for it, like I said, because Roderick looked damn good, I got to say. Dude, damn. Jericho's doing nothing but losing. Like, people say he's just getting himself over. Like, he, he lost to the, uh, what was that guy? Uh, Andretti, Action Andretti. Never got his win back. Lost twice to Ricky Starks. Right uh-huh. now, he's, now he's lost to uh, Roderick Strong. He's like this dude just loses, so it's uh-huh. just like actually I think he needs a win streak, you know, to kind of build his credibility Seriously. back up right now. But uh, you know, shout out to uh, this was a great match. This was a fun match, and shockingly, Chris Jericho was on a show and it didn't main event. I was I just knew this was gonna be main I, event. See, like that's the thing. It's like I thought we'd already. I'm like we're at the main event already, and I was like. No way, we still have fucking more shit. We haven't even heard from Don Callis yet. Yeah. Um but moving off of this really great match, we also had another great match, Roosh versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. So we have Darby Allen being able to be protected heavily being in a tag match. We have Sammy Guevara squashing the living shit out of a out of a guy who hasn't been able to cut promos. And then we got Jungle Boy nearly landing on his goddamn neck. After getting tossed off of the apron by Roosh. Like, Roosh was out to kill this man. And I'm sorry. Jungle Boy is the one guy out of all the pillars. I know they want people to care significantly. He's not. He's not. When you step it, when you put him against the other pillars, he's going to come down as the lowest rung. That's just how it is right now. And the fact that he didn't get, like, a dominant win, I know was something like that. But like I said, he also had the most memorable match of the night, I will say, straight up. He got busted open after getting thrown into the barricade. Like I said, Roosh is literally running him across the fucking floor and throwing him over and over again. And Jungle Boy was also getting some good momentum off of it, too. And, yeah, but at the same time, though, uh, there was a point where uh, Roosh was... uh, like shoving the referee and he was turned away after like they didn't count right. And then he got rolled up and got lost. Uh, Preston Vance then came in and also jumped him trying to choke him out. But Darby comes out, saves him. And uh, then they start choking out Darby with it. Sammy Guevara comes out even to the odds. And they all like kind of are like on the same page a little bit about like, we're going to stop MJF. Um, So again, I like that. I like how they're like kind of being like, you know, listen, it's got to be at least one of us. MJF can't be the champion anymore. Um, But I understand at least the idea because it's it's just rough. I like Jungle Boy. I genuinely like Jungle Boy, but he's just not at the other guy's level 
honestly. And it just comes down to the fact that his character is a song. And it used to be a dinosaur that was also with him, but he's not there anymore. Jungle Boy's character now is that his nickname is Jungle Boy, and he's a parry. That's his character. The guy is still... I'm still lukewarm on him cutting promos. He's he his best work I still think was with him in Jer- in Christian, and I think Christian did a lot to help bring stuff out of him. But compared to Darby, you're not even close. Darby's the best character out of the like out of everybody not MJF. Darby's the best character. Sammy's better at cutting promos than you. And then of course you have MJF. Wrestling wise, you're pretty damn close I will say, but. We're talking world champion here. So I don't like saying it, but it it's just where it's where we're at on it. Honestly, dude, but like I do think that still regardless of the fact Jungle Boy had the most memorable match of the pillars. I will say that from tonight, from this episode. Yes, because he almost died. Um Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, uh but you th- you think about it and I'm not I'm like not even looking in just facts. Everyone, everyone on this uh, thing has won something as a singles person, right? MJF was it was the ring, and then he won the world title, right? Uh, Darby Allen, multiple time TNT champions. Sammy Guevara, multiple time TNT champion. Jungle Boy as a singles, nothing. He was the tag team champion with Luchasaurus. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like. It's like it's almost like they see it too that he's not ready yet, but we'll see. We will see. Yeah, I'm interested to see how the whole thing works out. Honestly, but I, I think Jungle Boy's money is going to be made as a heel. Personally, I do. I just I think he has a. I don't I think, know about that. I think I don't he know has about a. That, but I, I, I think he has think a hateable gonna, face. I think he's going to be able to get there though. I think he, he he has a hateable face. He has a punchable face, and you know what people people hate people that they think have been given everything in the life and here's, here's the a, thing you want you, honestly you, take a page out of the sammy guevara book just flaunt anna j everywhere oh god he would they would yeah he wouldn't have to turn hill he <laughs> would be turned hill just take a page out of the guevara book just flaunt her everywhere because yeah. trust me when i saw that first picture grew a little bit of hatred in my heart for the guy i don't even know anna j but I grew a little bit of hatred because I was just like, oh, more pretty people dating pretty people. Yeah, awesome. Exactly. Can't relate. Yes. He looks like, and like in your head, you're just like, yep, he looks like the exact type of, you know, <laughs> guy that Anna Jay would go for. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. That's what I'm saying. He, he has hateable characteristics about him. So we are i'm like we'll see we'll see where this goes we will i, I mean that, that this is the one way like i said we, i'm so gassed for this for this four-way dude i'm just so excited to see what I, at happens. no point in my head do i think it's not going to be a banger match no like it's going to be all the stars all the love all the everything for this match because that's the one thing you don't doubt about these four guys can one of them not promo very well whatever can one more one of them's characters not well. No, all that, but all four of these guys can go. They know how to do this. They do it very well. The AEW house style is their style. They are the AEW house style. They are going 
to kill each other. And they're going to do it in a spectacular faction that's going to have half of the uh, half of the stadium, if not all the stadium, on their feet halfway through it. They are going to put on a match you will never forget. But there's all the stuff leading up to it. I know. I think... I don't think that there's many other matches that are going to match up with what these four are going to be able to do. They've probably been putting this match together since AEW was announced because they've been pretty much the pillars since then. So we're going to see. We're going to see. They're going to kill it. But it's just making people care, making people drop to $49.99 for this pay-per-view. I don't think these four people are that well. I don't think three of the four people are the people to do it. But I honestly think people would be more excited if it was like Darby Allen versus MJF. Like if yeah. the main event was this, those two, I think the buzz would be higher. I still think the Pillars match is incredibly exciting just because I like a four-way for the world title. It is exciting. Um, but I do think a Darby Allen MJF match, especially after what these guys have already done together in AEW, yeah. um, I do think that would still be massively exciting. Especially if you got to just get those two just constantly just cutting video packages and promos at each other. And just like you get so much entertaining, creative stuff, I feel like, out of it. But I think we, there's still room for that down the road. But um, finally, the last pillar was interviewed by Renee Paquette backstage after all of this. He was asked about how he was feeling and just a vicious glare to Renee, smacks the microphone out of her hands while staring daggers at her and like, Renee just with this disgusted look on her face and MJF walks off saying nothing. So so yeah. That that's all you need from MJF actually, honestly, out of all this. And I'm excited to see what he does on the go home show, honestly. That's all I gotta say on that. Me too, me too. It was just it was so mean. And everyone's yeah. just like, I don't know many more universally loved wrestling figures than Renee. Like, I don't know anybody that doesn't like Renee, and that was... Well, and she also, too, in this backstage role, too, she adds that level of just, like, you know, added, like, you know, she she steps in for the viewer a little bit, too. Yeah. Where it's like, if that happened to you, that would be your exact response. Where it's right. like, you know, if Marvez did that, he'd just have this stupid, dopey face on his look, on his, uh, look on his face, so that's... Yeah, you know. I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, alright so this was technically the main event match Ricky Starks versus Switchblade Jay White this was alright I thought I thought this was an alright match um, I love uh, Ricky Starks and just how quickly he can just get momentum in matches and the way he hits moves honestly and Jay White obviously absolute awesome I will say Juice why the hell were you not wearing those pants in Detroit I would have loved to get a picture with me and Juice Robinson when he's wearing those crazy-ass pants. Very disappointed about that. Um, these guys uh, traded some good shots against each other. Um, however, there was a point where Jay White was just, like, taking hit Ricky Starks and throw him, throws him over the top rope. Um, then at one point, uh, while uh, Ricky goes for the Rochambeau, he gets gouged in the eyes. Juice Robinson goes and tries to get a steel chair as the ref was uh, going after Jay White. Ricky Starks took the steel chair, smacked Juice Robinson with it. Then all of a sudden, referee sees Ricky Starks with the chair and disqualifies him. That's the match. Mm. Thank God this wasn't actually how the show closed out, but like, mm. honestly. Dude, um, 
creative way for Switchberry to win. Uh, it also uh, derang th through the frustration of Ricky Starks of having to wrestle two people. I feel like there's going to be something that they add to it. Maybe yes. a tag team partner or something comes out of this. But it's just that frustration of always having to fight two people is going to uh, come to a head maybe next week or whatever. But, yeah, you give Switchblade a nice win. It wasn't, you know, you know, a good, good win because he hasn't, you know, he hasn't lost yet. So that's good. Uh, but, yeah, Ricky Starks came out even in a defeat. He came out looking like a hero. Yeah. So. But then. The way the show closed out. We finally get to hear about what Don Callis' reasoning was for attacking Kenny Omega after the steel cage match between him and John Moxley in Detroit. Turning on the man that he called a son. Family. And Don Callis goes and has security everywhere. And gets in the ring while crowd the crowd is ripping him to shreds. And he says, you want to know why I did what I did to Kenny Omega? You know what? No. I'm going to talk about what Kenny Omega did to me. Because there's only one victim in this scenario. It's not Kenny Omega. Because without me, there is no Kenny Omega. I gave Kenny all these opportunities. New Japan, Impact, AAA. All of that's me. First, my, my first night in AEW, he becomes world champion. There's no coincidence. Then you hear Battle Cry. And Kenny Omega comes out. And he tries to fight through security. But then the BCC comes out and jumps him. And Moxley paradigm shifts him on the ramp. And Moxley just starts going on mic and just screaming and saying, look, you and your little friends can't touch us. This is your last warning, Kenny. Stay down because at the end of the day, we are the elite in this company. The Young Bucks come out, still nursing their injuries uh, after they got jumped. And they have some gear and they have some stuff they want to use. And they're still outnumbered. Hangman Adam Page. Massive pop. Eye patch and all. They come out. The reunited elite. They chase off the Blackpool Combat Club. Ton of just weapons that they bring down. They hit the, B the BTE trigger on Yuta. Buckshot Lariat on Yuta. And then Yuta gets pulled out. Also, I, it still pisses me off that uh, Hangman can do that with a full, like, shirt and jeans on like what the fuck like you should you should not be able to do that with jeans on and hangman gets on saying we are the heart of soul of this place we built this place we are the elite so run and hide while you still can because at, the, at double or nothing the elite black back blackpool combat club anarchy in the arena fucking yes oh my god Dude, um, th there's been a lot of talk about tickets not moving well for uh, Double or Nothing. Yeah, I think that's going to change just a little bit. You think bit. so? I think that's going to change <laughs> just a little bit now. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, uh, man, Anarchy and Arena, the two hottest factions, the, the original faction, the hottest faction right now in it. John Moxley. I mean, this even... This even bodes back to the first uh, Double or Nothing. That uh, I think you were there too, right? You were at the. I first was one. there. So yeah. we were at the first Double or Nothing. We're at the end of Double or Nothing. 
uh, John Moxley comes out and attacks Kenny Omega on the on the chip and everything. On the chip, yeah, yeah. We were there for that. Bring the chip and back, now, God damn it! And now this year, John Moxley led Blackpool Combat Club. The Kenny Omega led the elite. Let's bang! And somebody did point out to this that these things, the Stadium Stampede, the Anarchy and Arena, are usually five on five. Yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there was speculation that uh, Kenny's former lover might be the fifth member. And I'm like, I'd Dude, be okay with that. I swear to God, if if we seriously get, if we, honest to God, seriously, like if that happens and we have legitimately fucking, oh my God, if Koto Ibushi shows up. I'm going to cry. I'm going to actively like ball my eyes out. It's it's not going to be okay. It will it will not be okay if that happens, honestly. I will flip my lid if that happens. I just got to say cuz I love Coda and like if he shows up, I'm going to be fucking Woo! It's going it would be absolutely insane if that happens. So I like I would love that. I would absolutely love that if that happens. So so yes, I and it's funny, but we only got one show to make that happen. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, like it's dynamite next week, and uh, so we're gonna see. And I'm excited for it. I am on pins and needles. I'm on the edge of my seat. This moment with the elite in the ring, Kenny Omega, uh, the the original group minus one, unfortunately. Uh, uh, then uh, Kenny Omega, uh, after the show, just cut a promo, you know, about being the lead, and you know, they all took out, and he gave everybody their drinks. Uh, he gave uh, first a hangman tried to get Kenny to try alcohol for this special occasion. Yeah, and he's like, I, I don't do the alcohol. Well, you know, I don't do that. So he had milk. So and then Coke Z's for the young bucks, and they all toasted. And it was just a moment, and it it rang back to the original AEW. Uh, you know, all I only you know only one person was missing. You know what I mean? But you know, it is what it is. Really good time. Way to end the show. I thought Wayne. I thought ending a show with Don Callis promo was like the dumbest thing ever. And then it ended up being one of the best endings ever. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to start, I'm gonna, you know, got to keep that whole, you know, don't count AEW out in my head as like they know what the hell they're doing. TK's good at this. Yeah, no, it was an absolutely outrageous ending um, and a banger of a match that you've just announced. I'm so freaking excited for this, dude. I'm so unbelievably excited it's gonna be amazing um so yeah i cannot wait to see uh what happens uh in that match but that is how they closed out aew dynamite in austin texas uh we will quickly go ahead and uh, preview what happens uh what what rampage will have uh they'll have a special start time as always uh 5 p.m eastern on friday uh you're gonna have the blackpool combat club facing off against the best amigos so Best Friends and Bandito versus BCC. Uh, the acclaimed and daddy ass will face the varsity athletes. We will be getting Jade Cargill in action in a TBS uh, championship open challenge match, I believe. Uh, we will also hear from the Hardy Boys and Brothers Day. And then we get uh, Dustin Rhodes 
Yeah, Dustin Rhodes wrestling, and then um, he's wrestling Khan. Is that how it's said? Yeah, Khan. Absolutely. Gotcha. So, yeah, that was uh, that's Rampage, and then the one match that they've announced so far for Dynamite is Claudio and Yuta facing off against the Lucha Bros. Which, oh yes, that's a that's a show. I, that's a match I like to see on my go home show. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Rampage was fun. Uh, Rampage was super fun. Uh, the Jay Cargill uh, segment took a took an unexpected turn, so I think that would be fun for you. Uh, and they did announce some other matches. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I, I it was a very fun episode of Rampage. Uh, it's on uh, four o'clock Central on Friday, so I'm very excited. Make sure you watch it. I've already seen it, but yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it for you. Uh, yeah. But that, I think, because we don't really have much of their headlines on that other than the fact that I'm fucking gassed for double or nothing. Um, Yeah, we're excited. I'm excited to see you, and I'm excited to see Sid. Same, dude. No, no, no. It's like, I am excited. I'm excited to uh, get high and eat White Castles. I know people are like, why is this man obsessed with White Castles? I will just tell you, harkens back to my childhood. It's a warm (laughs) feeling that goes in my soul. So when I go to a place that has one, I always partake. And I'm trying, you know, it's like I get in really late Friday night. So that's pretty much all I'm going to have time to do. So I'm about to get sleep and then, you know, get up and uh, get in line for uh, uh, what's going to be a freaking awesome day at uh, FanFest. I mean, like, shit. I was just literally looking at my tickets of all the people that uh, we're gonna meet, and it's gonna it's gonna yeah. be good. I think between us, it's like eight to ten different people. Yeah, Dang. and dude, like I said, the I I was like literally like it's like by the time that we end up going to Vegas, I might end up trying to add one more on there. Just Me like, too, and that's yeah. around there's there. one more. I'm, there's one more in my mind that I'm just like mm, I might have to go ahead and do it because it's just like I want it so bad. I would like it would be just so cool to happen just because of like who he is so like but we've already got a ton of really cool meet and greets that i'm sure that we'll talk about too we of course are gonna get the boys finally being able you me both of us the podcast all things elite getting a picture with ftr in its entirety yep with the tag belts that's gonna be my picture yeah my picture finally i get my picture with them with the tag belts so that's gonna be that'll have to be like the border of our twitter you know that'll have to be our twitter picture absolutely i am excited about that as am i um but yeah uh that's gonna do it though for this episode of all things elite thank you guys so much for tuning in we really do appreciate it i'm going to tell everyone this is watch ray phoenix versus the gringo loco on roh if you don't watch a lot of roh watch that match it it was freaking insane it was Lady Flight. Frost, I will say, also looks really good, honestly. Yeah, big, like, big fan of Lady Frost. I think she has yeah. a look. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely, um, yeah, check her out. But, uh, man, Ray Phoenix and Gringo Loco was indie wrestling at its finest. You know, ROH, it was it was pure. And it was just like they just got to do what they do. And it was just Ray Phoenix, every now and then, like, he was one of my big people that was a revelation to me when uh, Dynamite first started. But every now and then he has a match like this where I'm like, okay, he might be one of the best in the world. 
and it's seriously dude. so that's so, why yeah. i tell that's why i'm telling everybody go check that match out for sure man but again once again thank you guys so much for tuning into all things elite be sure to download this show continue to download this show on google or apple podcasts you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to us. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and you get notified every single time we drop. And then also share us around with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can also leave a rating and a review. It really does help out the show if you do such a thing. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter. We are at ATElitePod on Twitter. Be sure to follow at Social Suplex. They make this show possible and have a bunch of other great shows on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. We're getting so close to double or nothing. Once again, stop taking sides. Stop being so fucking gung-ho about this shit. Let them be filled with drama, and then let us just wait for them to be on TV so they can give us banger matches that we can go see in person, and I can go see my favorite wrestler live again. It's that simple. doesn't need to be this complicated. Calm the fuck down. Uh, and I will leave it to Floyd, though, to take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Well, I will say this. What a time to be alive, to steal a line from Drake. Um, because as a wrestling fan, you got Raw, three hours. You got SmackDown, two hours. You got NXT, two hours. Then you got AEW Dynamite, two hours. Now you got uh, Rampage, an hour. Now you got Collision, two hours. You can pretty much watch wrestling every day of the week. And that's because it's not including ROH on Thursdays. It's not including New Japan when they run shows. It's not completely, uh, not even uh, talking about Impact. If you want to watch wrestling, there is a bevy up there out there, and I'm pretty sure you can find a style that you enjoy. This is an amazing time to be a wrestling fan. Enjoy it. Soak it in. Don't take it for granted. Go out, buy merch, tune in on TV, go to shows if you can. I'm not, I know everybody can't afford everything. I'm just saying, if you can do it, all these things support your companies. Uh, generally, when there's this much wrestling on TV, I just, from being old, uh, person listening to Elsa, wrestling gets oversaturated, popularity goes down. We can stop that from happening. Tune in, watching. Pay attention. And as far as fanhood, it's not that serious. Dude, I, I love being a fan. I, I, I hold my fan as, uh, fanism as a badge of honor. But when, you know, it's not personal. It's just fun. It's just games. And if it stops ever being fun to you and then you stop enjoying it, just take a step back. It's okay. It's okay. Wrestling is here. Wrestling will be here. We all still love you. But, yeah, it's never as serious as the Internet. Nothing is ever as good as the Internet thinks it is. Nothing is ever bad as the Internet thinks it is. I said that earlier today, and it's, it rings true. So, love each other. Take care of each other. Be nice to each other because there's more than enough to go around. And with that, I leave you how I always leave you. Whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.